Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I just wanted my friends to be there for me the way I was there for you. You have made us look like bad friends for being honest about things. Understand why they get frustrated. I can't do it anymore. Filming. You guys. Everyone. I'm gone. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. What a week it's been. What a week. I just want to (laughs) say, I want to make it clear that like, I am not, I'm not a Bravo centric podcast. I genuinely talk about things and shows that I want to talk about. It could be anything, but I just kind of wanted to issue a clarification and maybe even a warning for many people that I'm not a Bravo podcast and that I'm going to be talking like as the weeks go on, like I I have been talking a lot, I have been talking a lot about Vanderpump Rules lately, but the season's over, possibly even series. And now it seems like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and New York are going to be on a hiatus until July. So there are going to be some different things happening. I, you know, when I started, I was uh, recapping a lot of Married at First Sight, um, Love After Lockup, uh, 90 Day Fiance, which I will be continuing to do. So I hope you guys stick with me because, frankly... I mean, there's no Bravo for me to be avoiding anyway, <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. Um, but let's get into just one news item, and there's really not much to talk about, but I just wanted to gloat a little bit. You know, it's been a tough few weeks. I find myself just like ranting, just like staring at my wall ranting into a microphone for the past, like, month. And I want to talk about things that are, like, a little bit more lighthearted. I mean, obviously we're sort of coming out of quarantine now, so maybe there will be more mess that will happen with celebrities. But just for my own mental health, like, this podcast in many ways is an escape for me. And I like to laugh and I like to be funny. And so... 
I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, uh, before the 90 days is coming out. No, 90 day the other way, 90 day fiance the other way just began. Last week, I did a crossover with Jody of the reality TV podcast. Um, you know, I think this is a great time. We're, we're kind of in a lull of reality TV shows. A lot of people say like, I don't listen to your, I don't watch 90 day, but I still listen to your recaps. If this is like now the time to start a new reality show, I recommend you do it. 90 day fiance, the other day, other way is only in season two. Um, there are only, I'm going to say two couples that carry over from season one. So honestly, you don't even really need to go back and watch season one. Start at season two. It's only, there's only been one episode so far. So I highly recommend you do it. I'll be talking about that. What else did I want to talk about? Something you guys know that the Kardashians are near and dear to my heart, you know, in the way that like people I don't really give a fuck about, but talk a lot, a lot are near and dear to me. (laughs) But I just want to say that I saw some video footage that was on TMZ and we're going to have to sit in the Kardashian corner for a little bit because I've been predicting this. I'm the Nostradamus of Kardashian behavior. I'm a scholar. I have my doctorate. (sighs) It appears we all knew this is what was going to happen. Chloe and Tristan are back together. (sighs) (sighs) You know, it's like, it's like going back to school it's like thinking about going back to school in July. It's like, you know, it's going to happen. We all saw it coming. And yet you still are not prepared for it. Summer after summer. It's like, damn, we got to do this again. We got to get on this ride again. <sighs> so here, listen, we, we all knew. And I said this a few weeks ago that when the drama with Tristan happening, uh, with one lady claiming that he is the father of, uh, her child, her son, when they issued, Chloe and Tristan issued a joint statement to this woman, sent a cease and desist letter, both to this woman about a child that was born well before Chloe and Tristan even knew each other, much less got into a relationship. I knew. These two little idiots are back together. We knew when she planned on, you know, uh, having embryos with him, just in case, in quotes, um, that that shit was going to go down. I understand that the Kardashians have this like extreme hard on for just having one baby daddy as if that even matters. But like, come on, y'all. Come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? We know Chloe has like a horrific history of bad men. Her picker is not even like on the wrong channel. It's like completely, it's like in a dumpster somewhere. In, in Calabasas, wherever the nearest, like, you know, it's not even in Calabasas. It's all the way in Staten Island at the Staten Island dump. That's where her picker is. 
But I still have been claiming, you guys, that she and Chloe, or Tristan, were going to get back together. She could hem and haw all she wanted. She could talk about how hurt she was, and I'm not going to take that away from her. Of course you're hurt when your baby daddy is playing the fuck out of you, especially with your baby sister's uh, friend. I knew that they were going to be back together, and there's evidence. Is the evidence, like, that great? No, but it's pretty, it's enough. It's enough to make me make a solid claim that they are back together. So you guys can see this clip on YouTube. You guys can also go to the Say Bible Instagram and find it. So Tristan has one of his little underlings, one of his little, you know, like, bootlickers who, who, you know... (sighs) One of his boys is like the turtle of the entourage of Tristan Thompson's entourage, right? His name is Savaz. It was Savaz's birthday the other day. These people had a birthday party for him. As they're saying happy birthday, somebody, and I don't think they said who, somebody took video footage of them singing happy birthday. And you can see clearly, even though somebody's standing right in front of Chloe and Tristan, you can see that his arm is around her fake ass and that she is like in total like this is my man's stance they could not be standing closer to, together their bodies are melded together like they look like a very happy couple who has not been continuously plagued by the fact that he cannot keep his dick in his pants for years girl Girl, (laughs) can this bitch get some therapy? Like, damn, what is she doing? There's really nothing more for me to say. I just, because I knew this was going to happen, but like, ugh, girl. Ugh, okay. So, that's that. (sighs) Y'all, you know I'm heated. Long-time listeners of Everyone's Business But Nine know that I am T-O'd. T-O'd. Okay, let me just give you guys, many of you guys are new listeners, so let me just give you guys a refresher about this bitch, Lori Vallow. Ooh, okay. There's a woman named Lori Vallow from... Arizona, and also Idaho. She had two children, um, one of which is a biological child, one of which she adopted, I believe, from another family member. Ooh, this lady irks. Okay, so how do I even make this long story short? It's so complicated and convoluted. I'm going to try to truncate it as much as possible because I have not spoken about her in a while, but clearly... You guys have seen that there have been a lot of updates that have happened in the past few days. So, Lori was married to a gentleman. She had a child named Tylee with this man. She, um, and the husband and her brother got into a fight one day, which led to her brother shooting her husband dead. Lori seemed to have no sort of reaction to it. 
She was never questioned. Well, she was questioned. She was never arrested. She was never detained about any of the situation. When the cops showed up, they found her to be laughing. Um, just acting very strangely, not at all like somebody whose husband was just murdered by her own brother. <sighs> okay, so that's one. One body. Months later, um, her brother ends up dying. Was this weird at the time? Absolutely. But later it comes out, just recently it came out, that he actually died of natural causes. So even though that's two bodies, you know... She got a pass on that one. So, after her husband dies, she very quickly gets married to a man named Chad Daybell. Oddly enough, Chad and Lori got married weeks after his own wife died of mysterious causes. Body number three. They get married around September. One of the kids goes missing. And then a few weeks later, another kid goes missing. First it was Tylee, then it was JJ. Okay. So then, <clears throat> nobody had seen the kids since, like, late September. November, family members uh, are sick of Lori evading why they have not been speaking to Tylee, who was a teenager, even though, like, she, they were getting texts from her, alleged, her from her phone, not from her. Um, they were, you know, Lori was being very evasive. November, this all happened last year, so November of 2019, family members uh, filed police report stating that both of these children have been missing. And what did Lori and Chad do? Her new husband, they flee to Hawaii. <clears throat> Everybody's wondering, obviously those kids did not make it onto the island with her. They were in Kauai. Weeks, having fun, eating shave ice, probably, probably eating some poke bowls, living their best lives. Then we find out that the police come into play. The Idaho, Rexburg police in Idaho say, lady... You need to tell us where these children are, or else, or else. They issue a deadline. That deadline comes and goes. Lori and Chad are basically just like, uh, I don't know. They're fine. They don't say a damn thing. And then the police continue to let them be free, gallivanting around Kauai, Hawaii. For months, I think. Then, in February, you guys, it took until February for Lori to finally be arrested on the fact that she was had two children that were missing with no explanation. She was extradited back to Rexburg, Idaho, where she remains now um, on a million-dollar bond. Okay. Chad was free. He, I think, also went back to Idaho at some point, but he's just also been living his his best life, chilling, minding his own business, okay? Tuesday. You guys, we're in June now. Tuesday, 
Chad was arrested on two counts of destruction or concealment of evidence and appeared in court Wednesday. During the hearing, a state prosecutor said that there were remains found on his property. And as the days roll on, so this happens on Wednesday that they find the remains. Obviously, it takes some time to figure out what sort of remains there are, depending on, you know, the rate of decomposition. A couple days later, it comes out that the remains are that of two children. Um, I believe that came out on Thursday. Friday, Thursday also, it's not confirmed by the police, but family members say that the remains were obviously... JJ and Tylee, and then Saturday, as of now that I'm uh, recording this, they admit that, the police actually admit that those are, in fact, JJ and Tylee. So apparently, okay, here's, here's what this says in the article. Throughout the investigation, detectives and investigators have recovered what have believed to be human remains that have not been identified. Um, that was on Tuesday. I do want to add, this was the assistant police chief, Gary Hagen in Rexburg, Idaho, said, I do want to add that Chad Daybell, who resides at this residence, has also been taken into custody for questioning in regards to that. So, Tuesday an autopsy comes out. Wednesday, JJ's mother says that the remains of her grandson were found on Chad's property. Um, then, he later received a statement from... The Val and Ryan family, because JJ and, and um, Tyler are not biological children or uh, siblings. Okay, so they dug up the land that was in the backyard, found both kids. Uh, so now Chad Daybell is also in a Rexburg jail on a million dollars bond. They, you know, there are investigations ongoing into both of their spouses. And why they died. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Chad and Lori are, I mean, obviously they're fucking lunatics, but you know, they're a different breed of specific lunatic, meaning they're like a doomsday prepper, doomsday couple. Um, Chad wrote books about, you know, the resurrection and, and all of that. Like these people are nuts. No doubt about it. Here's, well, I mean, there's obvious reasons why I'm mad, right? Because two children are dead for no reason. They're dead at the hands of the people who were supposed to be caring for them. On top of that, these people have been able to walk free, do their own thing for months with no repercussions. None whatsoever. Once... Uh, that deadline hit of them uh, supposing having to uh, produce the children nothing happened for so long you I mean, what, what on earth what were they thinking being like oh you guys have to have this deadline and then having no set up repercussions for when they did not produce these children because we all know that those children are not going to be produced we all knew that when they were sitting there in Hawaii, 
knowing damn well that those kids were not there with them, that and the whole family's looking for them, that not all of a sudden they were going to be like, oh, yeah, they're, um, what, like, at, at doggy daycare? Like, where did you think these children were going to be? I understand that there's, like, processes that have to be gone through, but I also think it's really fucking stupid that you would pretend because that's basically what they were doing being like oh something is gonna happen or you know like you guys better do this i mean you're dealing with literally insane people with no repercussions for having for not producing these children like what was the point what is what was the point of of giving them a deadline it's like grounding your children and then letting them go out the next day like what's the point (laughs) there's no there's there's no punishment for that. There was no punishment set in place. It's astounding to me that this story has gone on for so long because we knew those kids were dead. We knew that they've been dead. If they had not been dead, they had not, you know, and I'm, you know, like, it feels like harsh to be like they're dead, but I mean, that's... It's just horrific to me that these children were just treated so neglectfully with no real regard for their well-being. There was nothing that anybody did until from September until February. Nothing was really done. Not that there was anything that could be done. I mean, obviously their lives couldn't come back, but... In terms of, like, legal ramifications, nothing was done for months. That is wild to me. What? I truly hope that finally these Rexburg police can grow some nuts and issue... Like, I hope there's a judge that is tough as hell on them. I really want to know... I don't know how they're going to get them to explain what happened because clearly they don't care. I want to know what happened to Chad's former wife. What's going on with the investigation of that? Because apparently she had, her body had been exhumed to figure out what exactly happened because he just said it was natural causes. I want these people to get the punishment they deserve. You murdered at least two children. That's enough. But, like, the the wife deserves her justice. I, I mean, I just feel like these people are just such wackos that, like, we're never really going to find the truth. Because now they're so used to lying. It's kind of like... This is like a weird comparison, but it's kind of like R. Kelly in the sense that like when I watched the interview that he did with um, Gail, Oprah's friend, you could tell that like he is so used to lying that he believes it. I genuinely believe that R. Kelly doesn't think that he's done anything wrong. The same way I believe that, like, Jeffrey Epstein probably doesn't think that he didn't think that he did anything wrong, you know? Like, it, it it's when you're just so delusional that it's like there's almost no point in trying to get to the truth because these people have so convinced themselves that nothing they did was, like, 
highly illegal, morally corrupt, and and just, like, disgusting that, like, it's almost like, of course you, I hope these people actually, like, try to, you know, like, hold, it, hold their feet to the fire and actually make them see what is going on, what they did was wrong, what they did was vile and disgusting, but it's almost like when you have so convinced yourself that you have not done the wrong thing, it's almost like to the point where it's got to be so frustrating. I can't imagine how the victims of this must feel, the victims in this case being like the family members that really tried to advocate for these children and for months watched these other people just live their lives as if nothing wrong had happened. Like, it's sick. It's sick that you would do this to your own children. It's sick that you would, like, and at what end? To what end? Like, do you genuinely believe that... What's almost crazy to me, like, it's... Obviously, like, it's crazy if one person does this, but it's even more crazier to me when it's two people, because you would think that, like, one of them would think, like, hey, this isn't, like, the greatest idea. Do we maybe need to think about... And I just wonder, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like, when two people join forces for the same fucked up cause, it, it really makes you wonder, like, how did we get here? How did two people end up, like, advocate, not advocating for each other, but, like, like justifying each other's behavior, doing the same thing? Like, how you just, like, you would just hope. You, you just wonder how, like, when two people like that come together, it's just, like, it's so evil. Because you would think that at one point, like, one of you guys would, would think, like, this is not the right idea. There's really no more news about it right now. Like I said, I'm recording this on Saturday. Obviously the courts are closed at this point. What more can be done really until they, you know, have a trial for them? Clearly nobody's going to be setting bail for these wackos. Um, so we're just going to, it's just, you know, more of a waiting game, more of a waiting game. Justice for, for Tylee. Justice for JJ. I really hope that these people rot in hell. Okay? I really do. Ah, okay. Okay. So, our last little bit of news before the recap is the fact that one Nastasia Saucy Schroeder, potentially Clark, is pregnant. Wow. I think, with, you know, okay, let, let me preface this by saying, before I go into complete hater mode, that, you know, a baby is a blessing, mazel to her, I hope that it's everything she and Bo could ever have wanted, and, you know, I hope that the baby's loved and cared for and gets everything that it needs. However... I think it's a fair conversation to talk about the PR of it all because there, there are a lot of factors that go into this, right? So first of all, um, I think a lot of people's reactions. So, okay. So let's get into what happened on Friday. Uh, You know, I'm not one for like the, um, 
you know, I, I feel like the heyday of like paparazzi photos is long since been over at this point, unless it's like a truly big star, like a true A-lister who's done something, you know, dramatic, like a, like a Ben Affleck smoking, you know, under his mask, a, um, oh gosh, like, you know, you know, that sort of thing. With that being said, you know, the heyday is over. And so when these pictures came out of Kristen on like Wednesday or Thursday uh, with her boyfriend and the dogs and then Saucy out wearing a cardigan in, you know, whatever temperature it is in L.A. at this point, which is probably well past cardigan weather, um, you know, we, we thought, ugh, really? It's also worth mentioning that she had just gotten some PR. Um, I will be getting to the person who's now repping her, the company, and uh, who the, that person also reps, and how Y-I-K-E-S it all is. Um, so when these pictures came out, I think we were all like, ugh, okay, here we go, right? The machine has been turned on. And then we find out Saturday that she's pregnant and it comes out on us weekly. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's why she was wearing a cardigan the day before with her little kitten heels and her Chanel bag. And, um, you know, you know, I think the first reaction from everybody was like, girl. (laughs) And I think the second reaction was like, okay, let's do the math here. Um, so apparently for those people who did listen to her podcast RIP to straight up Ostasi. Um they picked up on the fact that timing wise this didn't really make sense with the things that she was saying in terms of like her substance abuse. There had been um times where she talked about uh drinking heavily every night. There had been times where she had spoken about uh, doing shrooms a couple times over the quarantine. Um, you know, I mean, the, I don't know when quarantine started in LA. I'm assuming it was probably around the same, t- same time as New York, which would have been late March, but she was saying these things in like April and May, and now we're only in mid June. So, you know, a lot of people had questions, not to say that, you know, I'm sure many women, most women probably drink and, and, party and do whatever up until the time they find out they're pregnant. No shade about that. But I think it gets into the timing of why this would be announced. No, did she announce it on her own? No, it came out through Us Weekly, but I think it's been more or less confirmed that that is true. Um, The issue is, it's not that this came out early You can announce when you're pregnant whenever you feel like it, right? I think the issue that many people have is the sort of like using the status of your womb as an excuse to get people to back off on you. This happened with Leah Michelle. I can't remember if I talked about what happened with Leah, but you know, when her former co-stars of Glee were all talking about how 
horribly she treated them, how she said she wanted to like shit in somebody's wig, uh, you know, and then she issues a statement about like, oh, well, now that I'm, now that I'm pregnant, um, you know, I'm really taking time to think about these things and I want to do better for my child. And I think this is what people are taking issue with. Um, it just feels like a deflection. It feels like here, I'm just going to say it now, not because I'm, you know, shouting from the top of the, you know, it, it just feels like if this situation did not happen with her, if she did not lose everything, would we have found out that she was pregnant this soon? More than likely not. We more than likely would have found out. I mean, the odds of her being more than like six weeks pregnant at this point, pretty small, considering all the things that she said. It, totally possible that she did not think she was pregnant leading up to that. There's no shade on my end about that. But I, I it has to be very soon. And it feels like the only reason why this is being announced is because it make it, 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 you know, it conjures up sympathy on her end. And I think that's really gross. I think that if I were, you know, like if my mom were have done, you know, were a, a celebrity <laughs> B and had done something really shitty that made a lot of people very hurt. And then the announcement of my, you know, impending birth was to serve as a distraction to make people feel sympathy for you. I would just feel some type of way about that. I I don't love it. I don't, I, I'm very, you know, I understand that she's obviously feeling probably very desperate, very like, um, I don't know what the word would be, but I feel like she's, it seems to me, that like, we all know the game when it comes to PR. Of course, there are a lot of people who just enjoy a show for what it is. And they just take these people as, you know, television stars and they don't look beyond this stuff. And they're not, you know, I don't expect people to be scholars on pop culture in the way that I am. But as somebody who is, and I think the advent of social media really hips us to um, how people, how celebrities navigate through crises, I think that it's very easy to see through something like this for what it is. And what it feels like is a deflection. And I just, I don't love it. I don't love it. And I think that's okay to say, you know, I, I think that's fine. I, uh, I just, really like within everything of my body with all of my Pisces intuition I do not believe that we would have heard anything about this pregnancy had it not been for the drama that she's been dealing with and that's my truth okay and that's really all I have to say about it maybe I'll come back if anything has been updated because it seems like news <laughs> comes out about her um you know, every eight minutes. So hopefully, I, I don't know what other bomb could possibly be dropped at this point unless Vanderpump just is completely over. But um, with that, you guys, I am very excited to present to you my recap of part two of the Vanderpump Rules reunion with 
Raisani. It was so much fun to talk to her. It, you know, like, uh, I just think she's so funny. She's so smart. And I just, it's such a treat to be able to talk to like people who get it, people who are, you know, in on the joke, people who are just, just lovely people all around. I think we really vibed and I hope that you guys feel that too. So enjoy. Um, I will catch with you guys later in the week, I suppose. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you guys. Bye. So y'all, there's a show called Vanderpump Rules. Ever heard of it? I hope you have, because it might be over soon. Um, join <laughs> is, um, the incredible Ray Sani. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. I think we should just get into it. Usually I start with like a couple like quick fire questions. Um, mm. I think this first one is going to tell you a lot about me and hopefully it'll do the same with me for you. Okay. So you host the show, a podcast called The Deliberation that's about the challenge. Mm. Yes. I um, have not watched a challenge in years, but I was just wondering if you also like during your private you know, intimate moments, think about CT carrying Johnny Bananas like a backpack. <laughs> like Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? He's so hot. He's not hot. Well, he's still hot. He's just a different kind of hot now. He's dad bod hot. He's married with a kid hot. But right. um, wild rage problems, terrifyingly... Oh testosteroned uh carrying Johnny Bananas on his backpack eight or nine years ago is uh yeah the hottest CT around around it's so hot caveman so animalistic that it just speaks to like the like pathetic straight woman inside of me I just (laughs) I I mean I I I need to like so hot he's He's so hot and and uh I'm a black girl for your audience. So um, there was years back, maybe like 2005, 2006. So he would have been like, I don't know, three years or four years into being on the challenge and stuff. He like, he was walking around Soho or like NoHo in New York City, just looking fucking gorgeous, like on the street. And he was with this like stunning dark-skinned black girl and I was like yes CT <laughs> there, there's something about like just yesterday I was watching this video somebody posted on Twitter of Chris Evans getting a black girl's number and I was like oh, yes daddy I just there's something <laughs> so hot about it it's yeah it's like you know people don't think of black women as desirable and you know white women and white men tend to be considered the most desirable in straight relationships in the United States. And so, you know, not that I like go out of my way to make sure white guys are into me, but there's something like fun when it's like, yeah, everybody sees what's popping about us. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, my second question is, have you seen Lisa Vanderbilt's statement about all that's going on in the world of, of Vanderpump Rules? <laughs> I think I skimmed some of it. Once I got this, once I saw that it was like in a pink background and black (laughs) letters, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want this right now. I don't think I want any of it. 
<laughs> Did you watch, uh, or do you watch Beverly Hills? I watch everything, so. Okay. Were you a fan of, of Lisa Vanderpump on Beverly Hills? Yes, but um, Lisa Vanderpump is one of my, like, no matter what, I'll always stand you kind of housewives, even though she's been problematic from the literal beginning, from the minute she's gotten on Bravo, she's problematic. She's just not as problematic as the other women are. And I guess maybe like I go to Bravo for something different or I have different expectations of the people on that network, which it may or may not be a bad thing. Um, so I like, she likes dogs more than she likes black people. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that's Thank true. It's truly, if Faith was a Pomeranian, we'd be having a very different conversation. Absolutely. Like, first of all, Jax would have been fired for having sex with a dog because reality <laughs> is, uh, is, is problematic in any sense. But genuinely, this is the same woman who, like, rode out and did everything for, like, dogs in China. It's not even like they were dogs in the United States. They were truly international dogs. Yeah. And uh, she can't, you know, find the time to even yell at Jax for being racist to a human being, not Jax, uh, Kristen and Stassi or whatever, for being yeah. uh, racist to a human being on their staff. It's crazy. I feel like if you had to ask Lisa, like, name a black person that you're friends with, like, really quick, she would say, like, oh, Rosia, like, her housekeeper. Who was <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think she would be, like, um, I think it's, like you said, you know, Rocio's her housekeeper. Whenever you ask a, a white person who has racist or, like, ignorant tendencies, their friend that they point out is often someone they know in a, like, work capacity because they don't actually on their free time hang out with any black people. So I would not be surprised if Lisa was like, yeah, I'm friends with Garcelle Beauvais just because they've been on the same franchise. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, my God. What a mess. Um, how did you feel about the season as a whole? Vanderpump Rules? Oh, my God. Even before we got to any of the, like, racism and the biphobia on Jax's part or whatever, I was already firing and canceling and restructuring the show, I think, by episode <laughs> three. I think, like, the <laughs> The final straw for me was when I, a 32-year-old woman who pays bills and, like, works and does adult things, had to watch other people in their 30s who also pay bills and ostensibly do adult things attend a funeral for a lizard named Dog, spelled D-A-W-G. <laughs> You're right. I completely forgot about that. But that was like literally lifted from a like a Saved by the Bell storyline. Like what yes. are we doing here? It's like so late sitcom where like the cute kid they cast in the first season is now five years older. So they have to like find something else cute to put onto the show so that young people stay watching. And they find a lizard named Dog. And it was like... <laughs> Yes, Schwartz is not cute anymore, so his dumb lizard is, like, why we have to, you know, find something adorable. 
Oh, gosh. Um, so news has been moving like, you know, every hour there's something new about Stassi or Kristen or canceling Jax or, you know, whatever is happening in the Vander universe. But I just got kind of <laughs> hold of the fact that, you know, Stassi's lost everything. But uh, I'm like, can we just have a moment, you and I? Yes. To, like, I'm... I'm I'm still deciding how happy I want to be because I I do not want to turn to someone who like takes pure joy in someone's misfortune regardless of how terrible they are just for my own sense of goodness in myself. Sure. I don't want to be like dancing at someone's misfortune, but I do want to express like a weird kind of surprise and delight like delight at the surprise because I did not think that we would get a firing and I didn't think that we would get like permanent offboarding of sponsors and stuff like I didn't believe it yeah I thought at most she would lose her podcast I knew for sure that was going to happen because she was losing sponsors for the show left and right but yeah I didn't think she was going to be kicked off the show and yeah, I mean, I love it. I don't have any problem saying that. I don't, I don't mind it because you know, I was, I w- wanted her to go anywhere. I don't like her in general, like, and I'm yeah. somebody who has no problem enjoying a villain on a show, but she wasn't even the kind of villain I enjoy. So I'm like glad she's gone. I'm just so surprised that it actually happened and that she took three people with her. Right. I mean, my God, like, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Like, I didn't like her regardless. Like, Bo, I think, is like a demon sent from hell. Like, I don't like him. <laughs> I hate to... him, too. Why do Thank... I feel like only black people don't like Bo? Like, I feel like <laughs> we know what a slick, like, trickster type look. He's a scammer. He's a He's scammer. He's scammer. Like, I, yeah, I, people were like, uh, you know, praising him the first season he was on, and I felt like I was totally alone in the world of like, y'all don't see this? Like, what's happening? He's too, he's too, um, he's too good to be true. Like, he's very guy smiley to me. Like, he has the right answer. He's always trying to convince me of something. It's like, Oh, he's trying to convince me that Stassi is a good person that you should want to spend the rest of your life with. And he's just always trying to convince me he's so in love and he totally gets it and whatever. It's just like there's a lot of like convincing, a lot of persuading happening all the time. And someone who's not at ease being themselves, they're always trying to get you to buy into who they are is always going to make me go, ugh. And then anyone who like chooses to be deeply in love with a person such as Stassi sucks. And Thank so you. I'm, I'm just like, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing about somebody who looks at Stassi and goes, I want to love that person that will ever make <laughs> me feel good about them. He's male Brittany, like 100%. Yes, but at least, you know, with Bo, I will say that if I had to take my pick of who's the worst person, Jax is by far worse. So it's an easier leap to make if you're Bo to be in love with Stassi than it is for any like 
woman at all to ever date Jax. Like the 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 gulf between the kind of horrible Jax is and any normal human being would be is so great that right. better than I would say Bo is better than Britney. She's literally in love with a monster. But it's like, is she? Because I feel like she knows that she's not doing the right thing and yet she keeps doing it. Is Jax good in bed? No. <laughs> no. I mean, no. You How could he be? I think he probably had potential at one point, but like, I just feel like I have like good like ESP for penises. And I feel like his dick is like, <laughs> it's just like a little bit thicker than, you know, like it, it's, it's thick enough to, to be like, okay, yeah, like I can work with this. But like, I just feel like he's very selfish. He gives me selfish love. I, I feel like he's a selfish lover, but I get selfish like um, he's so selfish that he wouldn't let you be able to tell people he's not good in bed. Right. So he's like like his ego would celebrate making girls come. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I had Britney screaming from the rooftops last night type kind of braggadocio. Not because he like derives pleasure in giving Britney pleasure, but I feel like he's the kind of guy who's going to put his penis everywhere and he wants people to say good things about it when he does. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like if he was good in bed, like, we would have heard it by now. Don't you think? I mean, enough people have slept with him. I feel like if he was horrible in bed, though, we would have heard it. Like, I feel like that's not something Kristen would keep to herself. True. (sighs) Okay, well, Jerry's still out on that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, go ahead. Yeah. I don't Um, know why Britney's with him. The only thing I can think of is he's either really good in bed or she's committed to a certain socioeconomic status and she can't backtrack now. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen how dysfunctional her mother is, you know, frosted lipstick, Sherry, and (laughs) it's like a very stand by your man situation. Yes. True. True. Um, And it's like you've worn him down at this point, so you might as well. It's like a sunk sunk cost fallacy or something like that. (laughs) She's put too much work into this to let it go at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, So people noticed on the internet that Saucy just signed to a new PR company. Um, It's called the Honig Company. So I just want to list the list of celebrity clients that are on working with this person. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. Here we go. Uh, we're going to start off real, real hard with Courtney Love. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it gets worse from there. There's uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Wait, There's wait. Like... Time out, time out, time out. Before you get to Gilbert Godfrey, holy shit. <laughs> when did she sign? Is this... Is this like damage control, Stasi, or right before everything went to shit, Stasi? This day. This is today. She posted it on. Oh, her. today. So this is yep. her like Olivia Pope scandal crisis uh-huh. PR manager. Okay. Yep. yep. Okay. All uh, right. So we've got to see if they've handled. Well, Courtney Love makes a lot more sense now. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So um, then we get Lindsay Lohan. 
Um, oh. Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter, like Nick Carter's little brother. Like Nick Carter's little brother, yes. Oh my God. I don't <laughs> feel like this is a good crisis PR firm. I feel like everybody you've mentioned already is still in trouble. It gets worse. It gets worse. Um, okay. We have Brandy Glanville of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, oh my God. She's about to ruin Denise on Beverly Hills this season. <laughs> right. What? Um, okay. Lauren, Danielle Staub of New Jersey. What? Uh, she just ruined her career last season <laughs> on Jersey. What? Yep, yep. Uh, Phaedra Parks of Atlanta. She uh, She's on WeTV right now. <laughs> she's on Marriage Boot Camp right now. Stassi's in trouble. <laughs> it speaks for itself. Um, Jim Edmonds, who is Megan King Edmonds' ex-husband of uh, Real Housewives of Orange County. The one who was sending his dick pic to the babysitter while Megan was in labor. That guy? That guy. That oh guy. Oh, my God. Um, Victoria Gotti. Um, the only, <laughs> <laughs> the only good and surprising one is Monique Samuels of Potomac. That one I have questions about, but she also got oh. in trouble for beating somebody's ass in the upcoming season. So maybe and a- we don't know because Bravo pushed it back. We don't know if she comes off bad this season. Right. right. So, but everybody else in my opinion that you've listed, with the exception of Gilbert Gottfried, he doesn't seem to have done anything crazy in the last couple of years. But everybody else is a reality star who's done poorly yeah. and it's hasn't recovered poorly. or is a, is a down and out musician whose PR still hasn't recovered. Stasi hired the people who don't fix it at all. Exactly. I was like, why would you be wasting your money on this? Like, you need to save all the coins you got, girl. Because this is not working. This is not going to work. I'll tell you that Stassi right now. Have generational money. Like, do her... Because I remember her um, her grandmother who died last year looked kind of like old money, stank, kind of southern Louisiana kind of thing. I feel like she might be okay in terms of being able to live, just probably not the new house in the Hollywood Hills kind of live. Right. I think there's like a, I don't think she's like as comfortable as like any of the people on Southern Charm Charleston, but like, you know, I think she could have gone to like private school and done that, you know, like maybe she got, you know, a nice little small a six-figure salary, or you know, comeuppance from her grandmother's passing. Maybe some Chanel bags, right. but I don't think it's like right. crazy. Right. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know anything about real estate, so I'm just gonna throw out terrible numbers. If Stassi is what a Hollywood Hills um, house, probably yeah. not the richest one. Maybe like lower level. You know, I'm going to use my selling sunset uh, lenses here. <laughs> but uh, if she's, what, she's probably spending like 10 to 15 grand a month on a mortgage, right? Yeah, I think the house was maybe like just under two or maybe like 1.5 to, yeah, maybe just under $2 million. So, yeah, I think you're probably about right. 10, 15 a month. 10 to 15, right? And mm-hmm. if she saved, which... Who knows? I'm bad with money, so who knows? She's younger than I am. Um, if she's saved and 
you know, she gets to hold on to a couple sponsors. She might get to keep the house. She just can't do anything else. <laughs> like, literally can't go out to dinner or anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if Bo was pitching in, that would knock the mortgage down to, you know, 8500 to $1,350. <laughs> I don't think he's paying more than 1500 a month on that towards that and mortgage. It, so. And is Bo still on the show? Stassi got fired. Kristen got fired. But if he's still friends with, like, who? Tom who would he friends with? Jack. Maybe. I don't know. And I'm wondering, like, I, I wonder if they even started filming, because this would be the time where they would start, or they would have yeah. started. Um, right, if they would have done Pride in July, maybe, right? Right, but that's canceled now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if she's going to get paid if they started filming up until that point, or if it's all just a wash. I guess we'll see. Yeah, she's probably paid through the reunion. I imagine, and that's it. I, I don't, it doesn't sound like they've taped anything. If anything, we're like still sitting here being like, is there enough time in summer for Summer House? So, right. <laughs> and that's really where my, my heart and my focus is going towards. I need to right. see what's happening with Kyle and Amanda. Like, I need eyes on that. Uh, definitely. And, you know, I, I love that Summer House is better than Vanderpump Rules right now because I do remember, like, when Summer House was kind of backdoor piloted by the VPR people going to visit them in Montauk. It's uh -huh. just, like, it was so great because, like, the first thing that happens there is that Stassi gets humiliated by Kyle, who tells her she's yeah. dressed like Steve Jobs. And so... <laughs> Like, in all this, Summer House ending up being the better show and Stassi flaming out so badly in the same season kind of feels full circle. It, you're exactly, exactly right. Uh, okay, so let's get into part two of the reunion. We open up on Tom and Jax. They're still arguing from part one where Tom called out Jax for, like, being shitty towards his mother. What's your opinion on that? <laughs> I think he deserved it. Uh, I, you know, what's so interesting about these arguments is that, and I hate them, because I always understand, like, people think that the minute you mention a family member or a child, that no matter what is said, it's off limits. And it's right. not like Tom said anything about Jax's mom as a woman. He called Jax out on his behavior toward his mom that we all got right. to see. But right. everyone's, no, you don't go there. We don't talk about the mothers. And I get, like, the desire to want to set the boundary because once you sort of let people talk about anybody's parents willy-nilly, it goes crazy. But, like, Jax's behavior with his mother was an exact parallel to what Tom's example was, which is... Even if you weren't going to invite me, you still wanted me to surprise you and just show up the same way you thought your mother would just surprise you and show up after you bashed us on national TV. And that's insane. It is insane behavior to think that way. And I think it's perfectly fair for Tom to point it out. 
I, I do too. I mean, yeah, like you said, like it had nothing to do with him being critical of his mom. It had everything to do with him being critical of Jax's treatment of his mother, which is like, yeah, it's just another example in the library of examples of you being a shitty human being and expecting people to go above and beyond to cater to you, and yet you give nobody anything. Anything. And if anything, like, the example about Jax's mom sort of is more devastating than the what Tom was trying to demonstrate, which is that, like, your own mother, who you have sold out on national TV over and over again, over something really painful, like, you lost your dad, but she lost her life partner. Right. Like, her soulmate. You know what I mean? You get to have one. You don't get another dad, obviously, but you sort of come up, you grow up knowing that your parents will probably pass before you do. You have your whole life to prepare for that, but and you get to start your own family to continue. But your mom right. lost her husband, and right. you're like mad at her, and you're like bashing her on TV. That's way too much, way too much. Yeah, because, like, now it's, like, she has no family because you won't speak to her, and you've gaslit your sister into not speaking to her either. So now she has nothing. Nothing. And you still expected her to show up. You're insane. Insane. Uh, So then Andy asks Jax how he feels about the future of his friendship with Sandoval, and it's clear that, like, Jax still wants this friendship in the future, but Tom is like, I'm out. Like, he's like, you know, I never deal in absolutes, but I do wish Jax the best. Like, he has clearly outgrown Jax in a way that, like, Jax still doesn't understand. I think that if, I think we have to take time to thank Ariana for that. I yeah. think that if Ariana weren't like, I'm basically your wife now, we've bought property together, like, I have a say. If Ariana wasn't there to like, sort of reinforce that Jax is a terrible person and won't let her man get taken advantage of anymore, I think Tom would be right back there. All Jax has to do is show like slight remorse and everybody forgives him. It's astonishing, really. It's sick. It is sick. The, the hold that he has on these people, it's like, what is going on? What is happening? Yeah, like, I mean, even just, sorry to cut you off, even the fact yeah. that, like, Tom bought him that sword and got Randy Jackson to sign it after everything that happened this year. Please. Right. Please. Uh, that is a dedication on another level. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I think that there's, like, an element of, like, I get what Jax and Brittany are trying to say. It's just that they're so wrong that it it can't count. It doesn't count. But I think that there is, like, an element of, like, Tom knowing what things make him look and sound good. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, a side to him. I mean, and that's fair, because you're on a show. It's like, you want to cover your tracks in a way that maybe you necessarily wouldn't if this was not on camera. Right. But he's always right. <laughs> so, like, it, it's maybe just more that, like, he's smarter, and they take that as, like, you being underhanded and tactical, but it's, like, it's the the business of being on a TV show. Sorry. Right, Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, if I were Jackson Brittany, I would be like, why did Tom ambush me with this 
on camera without a heads up. But I also wouldn't have a homophobic pastor about to like officiate my wedding to be ambushed with at all anyway. <laughs> Period. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a wash to me, you know. Yeah, exactly. They expect him to not be playing the games that they would because he plays it so much better. And it's, ugh, uh, they're disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so then we get to Sheena and Dana and their, like, drama, which is like, boring to me. <laughs> but, I yeah. do love that Charlie is here to be interesting where Dana was. I just is there something that we're not seeing because I don't understand or is it your standard kind of Disney princess bullshit you see a girl with shiny yellow hair and big blue eyes and you make her the star even though this like much cooler much more interesting brunette is right there I mean why did they insist upon Dana being like a central figure on the show like I just don't get anything I'm not interested they keep telling me she's hot I don't see it these boys supposedly like her I don't get why I'm just why do they keep trying to convince me that she's like a protagonist it's it's almost like watching like uh, I remember I would watch like although maybe Dawson's Creek is not a good example of it because Joey ends up being the girl but like I just remember like in the first couple of seasons of Dawson's Creek I'd be like Joey like Dawson date Joey Joey's perfect and like Michelle Williams would like come in and be blonde and gorgeous and I'd be like what is everybody talking about I don't get it and uh this is Dana for me yeah, I totally agree. I think that the the producers must have thought that like the audience wanted a love story, like a storyline that we could all latch onto, and there would be like because we did in the earlier seasons, like they thought that we wanted that. But you're right, like Danica got arrested at the the finale or like the season here, <laughs> and Charlie's out here doing the Lord's work by like making Jax's. Uh, forehead vein pop out anytime yes. we have to talk about her. Like, we have gold here. We have literal right. gold, and they gave us Dana, Max, and Brett. And also, like, um, it's interesting because the only other time that I've seen uh, storylines get successfully replicated with new characters is on Love and Hip Hop. It's the only one I've ever seen it work on. And like Love and Hip Hop is very, it's always like a, like a, a love triangle with a trifling dude and two women who want to be with him and won't leave him or whatever. But that's not the foundational story of Vanderpump Rules. That's like the foundational story of love and hip hop, you know? It's called love and hip hop. Vanderpump Rules is about waiters at a at a restaurant. It's not about a love triangle. It's first of all, all of the relationships that they've had between each other on the cast don't even take up any shapes that we know and recognize in the like real world. There's no shape. That covers James versus fucking Kristen versus Tom versus Jax versus Stassi. Like, they're, I don't know what shape that is. So I don't know why they're trying to replicate that. What they need to do is just find a group of people who are just as intermingled in ways that are toxic and 
you know, intoxicating, but they, mm-hmm. they, they haven't found them. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Yeah, and like, oh, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't get it either. I, I find it, found it to be completely exhausting. Um, so they're trying to like explain like why Sheena, Dana was rubbing Sheena the wrong way, and and Lala's like, oh, you know, I just think that she just wasn't interested in making friends with the new cast except for Charlie, um, because they had more in common. And Dana was like, I think Dana reminds. Uh, Sheena more of like Stassi and Lala and she just wanted somebody she got along more with Charlie because she was more like herself and uh, Lala says that Sheena likes Charlie because Charlie's boring which highly disagree doesn't make sense to me yeah um <laughs> I mean I sometimes you don't you don't like people I don't know like I don't like Dana I'm sure if I met Dana I wouldn't like her you don't have just because you've met someone doesn't mean you gotta like them I don't know it's perfectly okay to not mesh with some new bitch on your show I don't know right there doesn't have to be some big reason for it either like it's fine I just don't like shorty Exactly. Um, So then we hear about, we go back to Sheena and Max going to Palm Springs, and Andy asks if it was platonic, and Max's response was, for the most part, and then we find out that they made out somewhere, (laughs) and that Sheena tried to give him head in bed, and he turned her down. Okay. He's a liar. He did not turn her down. What a liar, please. Like, come on. (laughs) Come on, come on. First of all, 
Is Max cute? What am I missing here? No. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Max and Brett both look like those like sweaty hot dogs that you get at 7-Eleven just rolling. (laughs) They're so greasy and gross to me. I don't get it. It's so gross. They both look rodent like to me. Like, you know, like if you were like drawing like like ah like it's what is it it's like those two angry beavers on nickelodeon when we were kids it's like you know you know how like on a cartoon about like it's like a movie starring anthropomorphic animals or whatever and it's like based on the complexion it's so racist probably but like based on the complexion of the cartoon you can tell what animal is supposed to be good and what's supposed to be evil and Mm -hmm. like max looks like the cousin raccoon who's slightly darker than the family of raccoons because he's supposed to be the bad guy like max looks like a dirtier like you know how like scar is slightly darker than mufasa like that's what max looks like to me like a slightly darker (laughs) animal in a cartoon animal story and then brett looks like a meerkat or like a weasel or something yeah, he looks, yeah, you're right. He looks like, yeah, like they, they found like, I don't, I don't even know who, but yeah, he looks like a, like a meerkat. You're exactly right. Like they took his likeness and he's going to be like a, a Funko Pop statue or something <laughs> like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Um. So then we get to James and Raquel and James is rage texting his drinking Raquel finally putting her foot down after he like called her a whore in 12 different kinds of ways one night because she went out which is uh, crazy wild crazy crazy Dude. I know that we're like on the redemption of James and mm-hmm. I'm glad for him but he's so lucky that Raquel gave him one more chance because no one would blame her if if he didn't get the chance to get better for her after that last incident. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was completely irredeemable. Like she should have left that night and God bless her for not doing it for him. Right. I mean, I don't care. She should have left his ass, but um, yeah. So the whole redemption arc, he made amends with Katie while they're doing their like softball game. Um, he got his DJ job back at Sir everybody gets emotional and starts to crying except for Kristen. Um, you think Jax was actually crying? <laughs> I think, he, I think he wiped his eyes. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> I don't think you, there was any moisture on his fingers, but I think he wiped his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like Jax was, you know, like when you see like a sociopath on like one of these, like, um, serial killer shows where they're like performing empathy or whatever because they see that everyone else around them is supposed to be crying. Exactly. It, it was like the live equivalent of his his like a, a Christian emojis where he does a cross in the oh heart. Oh my god. <laughs> Those purple like crosses are really too much, Jax. Like what are you doing, bro? Why is he trying to make that into a brand? Like it, ugh, it just creeps me out every time I see it like that is gonna be on a dateline episode one day I just I know it (laughs) it's gonna we're gonna find out that like 
Jax is like some version of the Zodiac killer and like all of the <laughs> notes are just gonna have those purple Christian emojis. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Um so then <clears throat> Uh, James says, you know, like, I see the light now that I'm sober, and I have Raquel to thank for that, and like I said, everybody's happy except for Kristen, who's, like, angrily sucking on her water, and Sheena's like, James, I think you should apologize to Kristen, and he was like, well, I have in the past, and she's like, no, literally just an hour ago, you were calling me a slut, (laughs) (laughs) and they show it, and, and called her a piece of shit who uses everybody, like, nobody on earth has called me a piece of shit. That is so harsh. Do you remember, first of all, I remember that their relationship was very, 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 very toxic. I like distinctly remember her slapping him in the face in the parking lot. At Sheena's wedding? At Sheena's wedding, yeah. But beyond like two seasons ago where Kristen had that like insane obsession where it just seemed like she was so angry that she had been fired from Sir, but James got to have like his life that she gave him without her. She seemed very resentful and obsessed with him for that. Is there any other reason for them to still be feuding? Like why does Kristen care? And why do James, why does James care? I don't remember this. I don't know either, because in the episode before, part one, she said, like, you're lucky that you're not in jail right now. And I just feel like there's something that we don't know about James. There's something she's really hung up on that. Well, I remember like her, like James is as like as much of an angel as I take him for now. Like, I think he's a sweet baby right now. I'm not lost on the fact that he was a fucking monster because I just remember, um, I just remember that it was like, uh, he spat on her door. Yeah. And like, it was, it was stuff like that. I remember he was supposed to move in with, um, he was supposed to move in with, uh, Tom and end up dating Kristen instead. I don't know. It just seems like such a fucked up toxic history that like is not unlike any of the other toxic dynamics on this show. And I'm so wonder I'm so curious as to why this is the relationship that never mended or healed. Excuse me. But I I guess maybe because they're both astonishingly immature. Yeah, I agree. Like, well, I also feel like James has done this with Lala a lot where he'll apologize and then do something like petty and shitty. And I think she's probably just over it. Like, Kristen seems like a very forgiving person and like she doesn't like to harbor grudges with people. But yeah, something about him, there's a darkness to both sides of their relationship. And I, Mm -hmm. I want, I want the receipts for that. Um, so then (laughs) Kristen says, to James, do you know how painful it was for me to watch you treat Raquel badly? <laughs> <laughs> While you were also treating Raquel badly? Like, what? Then <laughs> she says Raquel is almost like Brittany, meaning like she's almost like a sweet and innocent angel from heaven. 
And I don't do. Do you remember Britney being not sweet and innocent? Because I remember Britney being not innocent. It's so crazy because Britney, I don't think, is actually as good as these people think she is. But her proximity to Jax and her ability to look innocent relative to Jax has like made them make her like make her even more of an angel in their eyes it's like oh my god Jax is so terrible that he has such a good girl by his side she's so fragile we must protect her and it's like no you don't sit that close to evil you don't marry darkness without taking some of it onto you but they're still holding her as this like innocent little girl from Kentucky and that's absolutely not the case yeah, they've completely bought into the stereotype that she's just like the southern girl. She's got her little accent and she like, you know, makes corn every night for Jacks and like it's so like sick. Like they think that she's completely this like innocent little girl and that they have to like put her on a pedestal purely because of Jacks. And like if she had been dating anybody else, we would have seen a worse side of Britney a lot quicker, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh- yeah, Lala says that she, when she was over, she used to treat uh, people badly, too. And then Tom starts playing his horn for some reason, <laughs> which killed me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. What was that about? Uh, what was that all about? Do you find Sandoval attractive? Or who out of the... Oh, yes. Has, right? He's... To me, he used to look like an anime character, but now, like, as he's getting older, I'm really like, yeah, I'm into it. Oh, really? I actually thought he was hot the whole way through. I think Schwartz, in terms of, if we're being, like, purely objective, for me, Schwartz Schwartz has always been the hottest one, but I've liked Sandoval the most because of his personality. And... Um, Jax, every so often, I'll have a moment where, like, Jax will wear, like, a cream sweater and, like, his hair will be coiffed <laughs> perfectly. And I'm like, fuck, he's so hot. That's yeah. why he does all this terrible stuff that he does. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, for me, it's been, like, opposite. Like, I used to think Schwartz was so cute, so cute. And then the worse he gets and the better Tom Sandoval gets, I'm like, oh, like, the tides have really shifted for me. And I'm all yeah. in. Also, yeah. I like, like, Sandoval admitted once to, like, how much he liked going down on Ariana. And, like, that's just, like, yeah, okay. I see what you're, oh, what you're giving. Oh, yes. I do remember <laughs> that. I do remember that when Ariana's storyline was that she hated her pussy. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I I think Sandoval's hot. I I I don't know necessarily though that like in person I would enjoy something like someone pulling out their horn to toot when other people are arguing. <laughs> I don't think I'd find that adorable really. And I don't think Ariana did. So good on her. No, she did that. <laughs> she did that. Uh- Oh, gosh. Um, So then we get everybody's cheers on Lala for hitting her, like, year and a half of sobriety. And then, but then we get into, like, the 50 cent of it all. Because (laughs) (laughs) this was, like, a real moment for the internet, I think. Um, It was on the shade room. In my life, there's very little overlap between the stuff I watch on Bravo and, like, 
the shade room. Like the shade room exactly. will put something that Nini, like that Nini put out there. You right. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it's never like the white Bravo show. So like, this must have really struck a nerve. Right. Like the day they talk about like a page to Sorbo, I'm really gonna pass out. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So this was like. I loved it, and I think a lot of people were really upset that it didn't come up on the show between, like, Randall and Lala and 50 Cent, and, you know, we get into how James's involvement was the fact that, like, he was being a petty bitch and was like, this was so fucking funny, like, of course I had to post on my IG, like, money by Monday, and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Like, I love Petty James. Like, when he doesn't get too, too mean and nasty, like, that's my sweet spot for James. Um, yes. When he's just, like, yeah. just, like, living in the shit and just loving it. Um, and also, like, so I can understand why um, Lala got mad because it's like, hey, this really embarrassing thing is happening. Um, like, my my friend that I just made up with, I don't want them to make fun of me publicly. But that's one of those things that you get mad because you're embarrassed, not because you're mad at the person that you're claiming to be mad at. It's just like the situation made you mad and you found a target where you didn't have one otherwise because 50 Cent was winning. Exactly, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I lived for it. I thought it was so, so funny. Um, I loved slash hated Lala being like, there was an issue between us and like a pretty famous rapper. And it's like, do you, does he have a gag order? Like, you can't say his name? Or are you trying to be like diplomatic here and act like nobody knows what you're talking about? And maybe if you just don't say 50 cents, like people will be like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was it was so weird. Um, and it's interesting to see um, Lala's like sense of self-importance sort of play out on the show because it's like she's talking about this life that is inaccessible to the rest of us off the show via Rand. And like it's so uninteresting but the fact that she thinks it makes her so interesting is fascinating to me it's like oh yeah you know like a really famous rapper and I were like in a feud and it's like it makes you so unappealing to me because I'm not here watching Vanderpump Rules because Lala is near 50 cent like I'm watching Vanderpump Rules because you're all terrible people who happen to wait and serve at a restaurant that I don't even like. I just like the person who owns it. Exactly. This is going to be exactly like, how did you feel about the evolution of Lala? Because I find it to be so disappointing. And I think she's really missing the mark on like trying to convince us that she's now like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills level and above all these people who are mostly older than her on Vanderpump because of Rand who makes straight to DVD movies, save for <laughs> the Irishman. And like, you guys are going to be bankrupt in about a year and a half. Like we all see this, right? Right. And it's just like, I mean, look, I'm not engaged. I've never been engaged. So I don't know about the success of these things, but the way that he got Lala, if there's her, there's going to be another her. He left a blonde woman who looked exactly like Lala does after the right. fillers. 
So when Lala gets too old, he's going to leave her too. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? He, he, and that might be why she doesn't like Charlie, because Rand looked at her a little too hard at their, their rap party. Uh, I yeah, it just like she thinks that they're, she's gonna be the, like the next Ken and Lisa, but it's like you guys are gonna be the next Teresa and Joe. Like, does she even think that? I don't even think that she thinks of Rand and her as a power couple. I think she's just sort of focused. Like her brain sort of seems to me that she just thinks now she's found her sponsor and she's gonna be able to do whatever she wants for the rest of her life. Yeah, I don't even think of them as a couple. I kind of think of her as like someone who's <laughs> fucking a rich dude. But that would be more interesting than her trying to act like they're in love. Like, come on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would true. respect her a lot more if she would just be like, he's my sugar daddy, which is what she was doing the first couple of years. And be and like, now hey. they're like, we're in real love, okay? Right. Um, <laughs> all right, so, if you say so. If you say so. Um, so then what, okay, so then she said, like, it didn't come up on the show because they weren't filming then, but there was also legal stuff happening, and now we get into her, like, attacking Raquel at Katie's wine night, saying, like, I'm a Michael Vick fighting dog, and yeah, what the hell? Your... <laughs> what was that? I don't think you know your place, and, and Lava's like, well, I just feel like I get into a mode where, you know, I feel like I just get too far and even Saucy was like I don't know what the hell you were talking about that night like it was embarrassing and also Uh, like all of these things like and I think she says it either last week or this week where she's like you know I thought when I got sober my anger was gonna calm down but it hasn't so I'm like well what kind of sobriety are you doing like she says she goes to AA but AA is all about redemption and amends and like correcting past behavior so that you can move on to the next step and it doesn't seem like she's taking that approach to her sobriety not to like sobriety shame or you know sobriety police or anything but she specifically uses a program that like goes out of its way to sort of incorporate like a christian kind of self-improvement thing beyond just you know overcoming the actual physical addiction and it's just interesting to see her not really apply that especially like with people that that she's identified as weaker than her exactly it certainly doesn't involve like talking about sheena and saying like you know it's not sheena needs to grow up and it's not that interesting to see a 34 year old in a crop top and a slutty jojo see what ponytail do the same thing over and over which is like, okay, that's really slick because you were in this scene in a completely see-through turtleneck mesh top. And a JoJo Siwa <laughs> ponytail. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> right. And it's like, what is she thinking? Like, just because you live in, like, whatever hills in L.A., like, I just don't understand why she thinks she's so much better than everybody. It doesn't make sense to me especially when you go out of your way to defend Jax Taylor like he's some sort of wounded puppy that needs protecting I don't and also like let's be real um Lala gets all of her like gosh how do I put it like she derives all of her self-esteem and like her thinking she's better 
right now from some man. And I don't mean that like to throw it or to slut shame or whatever, but it's like none of the stuff she takes pride in, she's generated herself. It's not like, oh, she's married, she's engaged to a producer because in her success as an actress, she came around someone who was also successful at their job. No. She started hooking up with a guy who was rich and hot and she thought she was hot. It's not like, oh, she did music so well that like a successful, you know, record producer came in. It's like none of the things that she's quote unquote accomplished right now have anything to do with anything besides her being good at giving blowjobs on PJs, as she says. <laughs> exactly. Like, you really think that, like, you're eating off of the, like, one track that you do of DJ James Kennedy a year? <laughs> Miss me with that, girl. Like, for real. So, yeah, I mean, Lala says that she, like you said, just she thought that sobriety would fix that. And then did you see Stassi whisper to Bo that she thinks that Lala might be bipolar? <laughs> I thought that that was hilarious. That empty, that uh, Bravo was like, we have to keep that in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we may or may not agree. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how to assess those things. I'm not a mental health expert, but she definitely does have a. Um, if we're using bipolar in the colloquial sense, in the like literal definition of the word, as in two poles that people swing, like very, very like quickly uh, from one to the other. Yes, I think Lala is bipolar as well. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like she she's an asshole. That's the mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> she goes from not asshole to asshole. Very um, quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Uh, so then what happens? Stassi, oh, somebody says, like, oh, I think, you know, Sheena actually says, I think Lala goes for, like, Kristen and me and Ariana, like, basically the nice girl. And Stassi's like, I'm a nice girl, and everybody laughs at her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Real <laughs> nice. I, I, I don't think Stassi is nice at the LAPD, because she kept calling them. She was so polite. <laughs> Right. Uh, oh my God. I heard a story about how she called the police because she thought somebody stole her laptop, but it was just under some papers. You are lying. Oh. <laughs> Apparently she said this on her podcast. Not that you can find it because it's been scrubbed from the internet. Wait, like not to get super heavy on your podcast or whatever, but like my black ass did not grow up thinking that I could just call the cops because my laptop was missing without first searching high and low. Thank you. I wouldn't even call the cops even if I did search high and low. I would just like (laughs) rack my brain and be like, fuck, I left it at Starbucks, tough titties. I guess I'm going to have to scrounge together a couple grand in the next couple. That is in what? <laughs> right? Like you, like she calls the police. Like I call my mom. Like I would call my mom first before I'd be like, I think I lost my computer. Like, like she would know. You know, like why would you ever call the police like that? It, it's, it, it's a mentality of insane. This <laughs> is crazy. I have only called the cops once, and that's because I watched a car flip on its uh, hood in front of me. That was the only time. I have ever called the cops. Like, I just... Uh, Two different worlds. That is crazy. But, like, 
I don't even think I've, and I've had the luxury of not even seeing such a terrifying accident that I have to call. I don't think I've ever called the cops on purpose. I think maybe like as a kid, you know, when you press 911. Right. But like, that, that's honestly it. Wow. Laptops right. under papers? My God. First of all, right. why you got so many papers laying around crazy? And, like, who did you think stole it? Who was in your house that you would have stole, like, that, the house? And they people? only took the laptop. They didn't take anything else. That is insane. Crazy, crazy. Uh, Andy forces us to watch a montage of the cast in quarantine. And... Uh, didn't care, won't care, had no desire, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. The only thing that was telling was that Stassi was cooking and didn't use salt, which is like all that I needed to know that she has not learned from her past mistakes of being a racist. <laughs> ah. <laughs> also, I I love a like redemption story. And for me, you know, so much of this episode was the last laugh of Sheena. And mm. to watch her gorgeous boyfriend oh like lift like, her tiny self up <laughs> it was so hot and like i'm five foot nine so there are not a lot of men who have tried to do such a thing or could if they wanted to and i <laughs> never was so i was so jealous i was like Never in my life have I wanted to be short, but I was like, yo, I'm going to be tiny like Sheena and have that big, beautiful man pick me up that way. One-armed, like, with no... Oh, my God. It was so hot. It was so hot. I'm, like, trying to do planks more often, and so to watch him just, like, ease through them, and I'm just like, oof, just, yeah, like, just carry me like I'm a baby. I don't even care what we're doing. Like, I'm baby. (laughs) It's uh, so hot. <laughs> it was so hot. Carry me like a baby. Seriously. Like, uh. He had her in the air like Simba. Like, I was like, damn. Listen. And he's Australian? Uh, thank uh, you. Uh, so fine. So fine. Oh, gosh. Um, then Kristen revealed that she was dating a guy who looks a lot like Jonah Hill. So that was the other thing. Yes, she's dating that guy, and if not for her getting fired and racism, I would have loved to see this storyline play out, too, like a last laugh kind of thing, because, you know, so much of, even though Lala has gone over to the dark side, so much of what was fun about the Lala storyline was, like, all of those girls treated her so poorly, called her a slut, like, just were so mean to her because she was younger and prettier and like she got herself like a rich movie guy and so now she's the one on the private jet and you've got to watch her and you've got to you know grovel to her if you want to get on tv or whatever and I kind of wanted to see the same thing happen with Kristen where it's like oh um you know, Stassi and Katie were mean, but Kristen's dating, like, a real estate mogul who, like, every right. one of them really likes. And they're, like, they have to, like, suck up to Kristen again. And we're not going to see it now. We're not. Yeah. It, but it would have been fun. Uh, it would have been nice to see her date a guy who could actually pay for their dinner. Yes. She's been the breadwinner in every situation we've seen her in. Remember when, like, when she and Tom Sandoval broke up? Like, she was paying the cable bill. She got so hot to go over to the apartment. <laughs> that, that green dress with the yeah. very 
Cardi's V. Oh my gosh, what a moment. <laughs> what a moment. Um, but And then she paid for Carter, she paid for James. It's nice to see Kristen, you know, minus the racism, be like the not rich person in her situation. But the guy is not hot by any stretch. And she's been able to get good-looking guys. Even though I don't like Carter, I think he's a handsome enough kind of guy. Carter, to me, always looked like a Boston Terrier, so, like, I don't see it for him. (laughs) I think if you go to Carter's Instagram, like, and you remove context from everything, he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad-looking guy. Okay. I'll think about doing that later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then we see, like, another psychotic montage of Jax being a complete pathological liar when they go to Vegas. And saying, like, it's great. And this is, like, the crazy thing. It's, like, Britney kept saying, like, there was, I was totally fine with him being with strippers, having titties in his face, twerking in front of him, like, no problem. So why the next morning he was, like, oh, cross emoji, heart emoji. I couldn't do that. I'm so shy. Like, I just couldn't bear. Like, I was just horrified. And I kept passing these women away when he was, like, literally drawing that woman to his face. Like, titties, like, motorboating, right? Like, uh, I mean, it was sick. It was sick. I mean, even Bo is like, I think you heard me talk about my night and you stole my story. Um, First of all, do you buy that Britney wouldn't have minded? Get the fuck out of here. She would have minded. I think that... I think she would have minded, but I think she, you know, like, sometimes we as women are just like, oh, I don't care. So you just, like, you're making it easier for yourself. Yeah, she wanted to cool girl it. Oh, yeah. I don't care. But, right. like, how can you cool girl it when your man cheated on you less than a year before you got married? Like, Right. So right. It, I think she would have been bothered, probably didn't say anything. I think Jax knows she would have real life been bothered, even if she didn't say anything. But also Jax is really invested in the like image of the reformed whore mm-hmm. that like isn't cheating anymore. Like that's the only shot he has is a good edit at a good edit anymore. And so he was really committed to looking like a guy who wants to get married. I absolutely do not believe for a second that he's happy to be married, happily married, will happily be married. I think he got married because there was nowhere else for his story to go. Tom and Tom have a restaurant. He has a girlfriend who wanted to marry him. And um, go ahead. Well, no, I'm 100% with you. Like, there was no other place for him to go. He's like, okay, I I said this before, and I'll say it again. Like, I think that, like, he has been, you know, like, early into the show and just early into his life, he was rewarded for being the bad boy and, like, fucking up Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, and then his dad died and everybody was like, oh, my God, Jax, I feel so bad for you. And then he was like, oh, I can get rewarded and get attention for being like a quote unquote good guy. You're so, spot on. Yeah, You're absolutely correct. Like, I found the girl. She saved me. She's like perfect. And we're going to get married. And, and then, like, as soon as they got married, he's like, well, fuck, I don't want this. <laughs> you know, like, what is <laughs> 
What is he going to do? And he keeps, like, doing this psychotic thing on Instagram where he's like, oh, I'm building Britney a she shed. And, you know, oh, I bought a grill. I'm, like, in dad mode. And, oh, like, I'm mowing the lawn. Like, hashtag, you know, like, family life. And it's like, okay. I, I see right through it. Yes, it's, it's, you're, I never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. It's a baby suddenly learning that, like, if he falls and he cries, mm-hmm. that everyone will come running to pay him attention. Whereas, like, you know, he could just go about falling and not crying. And, like, Jax is like, oh my God, I've fallen and I'm crying. I'm trying to be good now that I've, fallen things are changing look at me pay me attention and oh my god you're absolutely spot on and that makes the most sense in the world i was thinking that maybe he was trying to convince himself that like oh i'm happy i'm in love with britney because he thinks it's the way to happiness but you're probably even more correct where it's like even more cynical and sinister than that where it's just like if i look like i give a shit about my wife people are gonna like me yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, I don't think he... I, I've been long-standing say that I think he hates women, so I don't think he could ever love Britney because he hates women so much. Like, it's just not even possible. But you know how, like, there are men who are deep misogynists and hate women and convince themselves that there is one woman who suits whatever sort of misogynistic version of ideal womanhood they have. I thought that Jax had convinced himself that Britney was that, but now yeah. you're saying to me that he probably hasn't, and like, I, it never occurred to me, but now you're like opening my eyes in ways that I've never <laughs> thought about and I think that's why he hates Ariana is because he knows that Ariana would never do the things that Britney does for him like she would always call him perfect it would never work and that's why he hates Tom and Ariana's relationship because he sees Tom like do things for her and respect Ariana in a way like he doesn't get it He's like, why, mutual why would you do that? Mutual respect offends him. The mutual yeah. respect between Tom and Ariana offends him because, you know, like, even I thought this was fucking crazy. And true story, like, Tom should have slapped the shit out of him. But when he's like, you know, like, when Jazz was like, oh, you know, do you ever, like, call Ariana a bitch or want to call Ariana a bitch? And Thank Tom you. is like, no, not not really and like Tom should have been like don't you ever fucking call my girl a bitch and try to get me to call my girl a bitch you disrespectful fool that's why I know he's only not going back to Jax because Ariana's there like Ariana's not gonna let the kind of person who would disrespect her to her man like that be in her man's life but like he should have gotten Jax together there and Jax was making very plain he don't like that Tariana that Ariana got mouth and Tom don't do anything about it and so like so it was just like that's why he resents Ariana because Ariana is gorgeous would never fall for his bullshit is gorgeous and like has the mouth that like girls like Britney or even Stassi when she was younger could be like you know misted or like won over by Jax's quote-unquote charm yeah, because Stassi would, like, give it to him, but then she'd also be fucking him, like, two days later. So it was, like, he'll, he he would have taken that, but it's, like, yeah, St- 
Ariana demands respect in a way that the other women don't. And mm-hmm. could never, it's like it, it, the way it, that the other women besides Charlie don't. Right. Charlie yes. makes him yes. angry in an exactly similar way, which yep. is like, how dare you pipe up? Like, how dare you? So yep. much of so much of Jax's anger at Ariana is how dare you? Like, mm-hmm. how dare you be queer and like talk about it? How dare you like have your own standard for how somebody should treat you. How dare you? How dare you? And then with Charlie, it's like, how dare you talk to me like you aren't on my show? <laughs> right. And it's like when he calls her sweetie, it's like he wants to call her a cunt. He absolutely Oh, does. yeah, exactly. That's definitely sweet. That's a like a sweetie that starts with the letter C for sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause sweetie, you cause sweetie, <laughs> you know. Oh, gosh. Um, So then we get to Andy mentioning how in Kentucky for the wedding, Jax was, like, dissing Tom left, right, and center for his skills as a best man. And Jax says that Tom was just acting like a best man because he didn't want to miss out on filming opportunities. Yeah, so... (laughs) Tom's like well I'm kind of called bullshit on that because while we were there you had nothing to say you were like oh this is great like you're really going the extra mile but then like when you're doing talking heads and interviews you're saying like oh I give him like a C minus or whatever he said and Jack says like Sandoval's just a good actor and Ariana's like come on like if he was that good of an actor he wouldn't be on Vanderpump Rules (laughs) Which Lisa was not happy with. She, her face was like, oh! <laughs> um, first of all, I, I think that both things can be true. I, can, I think that Tom Sandoval would have been a good groomsman anyway, regardless of whether or not they were shooting. But I also think it helps that Tom wants to look good on TV. Like, you can't pretend the cameras aren't on you. They are. The world is such that there are cameras on Tom as he does his friendship with Jax. And so I think it's a a bogus notion that he's doing it for cameras. It's like, yeah, well, we're all doing this for cameras. Like, you did your wedding for cameras. But also, too, like... We have eight years of evidence of Tom doing shit he shouldn't even do for you, for Thank your you. friendship when you don't deserve it. Thank you. And another thing is, like, if Tom had ever made a misstep that Jax could have outed, we would have seen this happen by now. We don't think yes. that snitched on him a long time ago. If he had any sort of case on him, like, get real. That's so true. You're so right. Like, even when on last episode, um, Jax was like, when when Andy was like, oh, you slept with his girlfriend. And Jax couldn't even say anything in, like, Jax got defensive. And he was like, well, he was sleeping with other girls, too, which gets into whether or not Tom was dating Ariana while he was dating Kristen, whatever. I think he was, even though they both lie about it. But, um, but like, Jax couldn't even think of a thing that Tom did to him. He had to justify treating Tom poorly with Kristen by saying that Tom treated Kristen poorly, as opposed to saying, well, Tom has done to me X, Y, and Z thing. 
Right. There's a vast, I mean, cheating is not great, but there's a vast difference between cheating with some random and cheating with your best friend's girl. Like, (laughs) do you not see that? Um, That's crazy. So then we get a uh, Andy praising both of the Toms for doing cameos for the employees who had gotten like furloughed from uh, Tom Tom and how they raised over fifty thousand. Really nice. I don't like, understand why Lisa. I don't understand why Lisa couldn't do that. She uh, has what three or four restaurants. She's worth what like forty million bucks. Thank you. My literal notes was, I don't recall hearing about LVP opening her purse. Did you? Right. Like, even if she, you know, like, waiters already in the United States, their pay system is crazy because they basically live mostly off tips and their minimum wage is, like, $2 an hour. Even if Lisa did the, I'll cover your pre-tip salary. It's nothing, but it's something. She didn't even do that. And that's crazy. That is... It's, like, I don't even think it occurred to her to, like, do that to them. Oh, she sucks. Um, So then we get to (laughs) Brett and Sheena. And this, like, really made my blood boil. So then Brett Brett is trying to play good boy, just like Max is doing. Like, he doesn't know why all these women are coming on to him, even though, like, on the low, he's texting them, being like, I want to make it work, blah, blah, blah. And he keeps, like, trying to, like, almost me too, Sheena. Like, he keeps acting like she keeps putting him in these positions where he is feeling, like, sexually taken advantage of by her. And he says, like, you know, I felt like she came on really strong and, like, I'm just such a good boy and that she took my kindness the wrong way. And episode one, he said that she's a bad kisser. And he was like, no, I said the wrong thing. It's like, it wasn't that it was a bad kiss. It was just like a bad experience. Yeah. So it's so fucked up because I don't. So I want to be clear for your listeners that this is my opinion. This is not Kara's opinion. And (laughs) you're more than welcome to shut me up and cuss me out and whatever on what I'm about to say. But um, so part of what is so frustrating about this storyline for me, I'm like, I like to think of myself as a pretty solid feminist and things like that, is Uh that like Brett is framing Sheena in a me too context and doesn't consider power dynamics at fucking all. It's kind of like, it feels to me like when, you know, if a racist, if a black person says somebody white did something racist and a white person finds an opportunity where they've been stereotyped for whatever reason and sort of frame it as the same impact when it's not. Which isn't to say that, like, Brett wasn't uncomfortable. I don't know if he was or was not. I'm trying to be, like, as thoughtful about it as possible and give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he did feel like Sheena was coming on to him strong, whatever, whatever. But ultimately, Brett is the man in the dynamic. And, like, just the way that Bravo is set up, the way these shows are shot, even the whole situation with this editor that we found out, a woman is always going to be at a disadvantage in that sort of scenario in this particular example, which isn't to say that it never happens, that men never feel abused. Like, obviously, there's 
there's hierarchies. There's, you know, if like Sheena were a waitress and he were a bar back or something like that, like that's all true and possible. But more than anything, it looks like to me, a good looking guy gets onto a TV show. He knows that his easiest shot at like getting followers or making a splash on the show is to flirt with the older, desperate, not older, like old, but older than he in Mm -hmm. Hollywood where that matters, like desperate girl who already has a bad or weak edit. Like the, he sort of neglects that part of the dynamic whenever he recounts his quote unquote feelings. And we saw him be duplicitous throughout the season where he was saying one thing and behaving another way. And so right. it bothers me so much because it's like, he's, he wants, I mean, I don't think the audience is falling for it. I didn't get that sense, but like, he's trying to set up a, a, a dynamic where he was preyed upon and doesn't include so much information in the presentation of that dynamic. No, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, it's hard to be like as sensitive to the issues that like men also face these experiences, like totally mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that, but it's also like, you're not really being fully honest. And I kind of, part of me feels like an asshole for being like, I don't believe you immediately, but I also like see you lie a lot. So it's hard to believe that. And it's like, you know, when I mean, we saw him lie with Dana, like he kept being like, I like Dana. I like Dana. I like Dana. They kiss in the parking lot. And then suddenly at this dinner in really embarrassing fashion, just to make his relationship with Max, okay. He throws right. Dana under the bus and acts like sh- he never said any of the things we watched him say. So it's like, it's not that Brett is uncredible to me because male victims are not credible. It's just that we've seen him lie in similar scenarios on the very same show with a different person. So he's not credible because he's the kind of person who lies about the scenario he's trying to tell us is true. Right. It's hard to, you know, like Sheena puts it blush. She's like, the things that you say behind my back are never the things that you say even remotely to my face. And and, it's it's, like, and I understand, like, I like I'm I guess I'm just trying to cover, you know, cross our T's and dot our I's and cover our P's and Q's right now. It's like I understand that sometimes it's hard to tell somebody who's violating you that you feel violated. But right. I didn't but it didn't come off that he was scared to like um it didn't come off to me that he was scared to tell her because of the power dynamic in place it just felt like he liked having his cake and eating it too and like on anybody else on anybody else and even on him if the situation looked the way that he's trying to tell us it was i would believe but it just didn't look like that to me Right. And, like, I watched the after show after he, like, said, you know, when they filmed that, uh, her uh, music video, and they did the bedroom scene, and he was talking about how uncomfortable he was. There was an after show where somebody, I think it was Danica, said he was with our friend. They drove to Palm Springs, and all the way they were talking about how they were going to be doing, like, a mock sex scene. So it's like, okay, well, how can you then be like, 
Cause, and then he changed the story again from like I was uncomfortable to I was looking out for her because less is more. And as a YouTuber, like I just know that you should like be like whatever. Like he was like fucking Steven Spielberg. Like she just didn't understand like that she should be giving her fans like less. And it's like the song is about fucking. And you're in a bedroom where you're literally like pounding her doggy style. Like what is, yes. what's happening here? Like, I, like I, I do believe, I do believe that Sheena like was like, yeah, I'm going to put Brett in my video and it might be like fun to do. Cause he's hot. I'm hot. Like we might hook up after. I don't think Sheena has pure motives either. Like, I don't believe Sheena yeah. when she's like, I'm not attracted to him. No, bitch. You were trying to fuck him. You were looking for a storyline. Whatever. Like, I'm clear on that, too. But I think they were both in to get over on the other. And for Brett to then suddenly kind of frame it like Sheena's this stalker when he was leading her on is really, really crazy to me. Same with Max. But Brett seems more malicious with it to me. Exactly. I'm I'm totally with you. Um, so Danica says, like, I saw how you interacted with her. I saw that you flirted with her a bunch. I saw that you, the text that you sent her, and they basically, like, you were being overly flirtatious, and Sheena was not the right girl to do that with because she falls too quickly for dudes. And... Yeah, I mean, he just said, like, oh, his response to that was, like, oh, everybody's just waiting to clamp down on the new kids. And, like, well, Danica's a new person, too, so I don't really know. <laughs> That's not a really good argument. And, um, like, why are you trying to co-opt Charlie's argument when you was quiet when Jax was doing it to her? Because I didn't see you defending Charlie from the mean old guys. I didn't see you defending Raquel from the mean old girls. But now suddenly we got to take up your cause as a new kid getting abused by the older kids. Get the fuck out of here. What's <laughs> crazy to me is that, like, I started the season liking, um, you know, neither Max nor Brett. But by the end of all this, I ended up kind of liking Max more. And thankfully, we don't even have to deal with me having to like Max because he's off the show now, too. But, like, uh, go ahead. No, I was thinking, oh, my, I completely forgot that they also got kicked off. I'm like, oh, (laughs) But, like, by the end of it, I was like, if I had to pick between these two new guys, I would pick Max anyway. Because Max is your standard fuckboy. I Mm -hmm. know him. I know what to do with him. You know, we've just had eight years of Jax being a fuckboy. It's like, he's not even as terrible as Jax is. Like, I know what to do with Max. But Brett is so duplicitous and malicious with the lying. Like, Brett, Max is like, how can I lie because I'm greedy so I can have everything I want? And Brett is like, how can I lie because I'm greedy and I can have everything I want? But in case I get called out, make everyone around me look like they're insane for noticing things that I actually did. Right. Exactly. Uh, I'm so glad we're done with them. It's a true blessing that this week has been. Mm-hmm. Did you so, know Max was black? Did you? I like. <laughs> so I knew that one of them was part black, but I thought it was Brett because. Look at him. I mean, it was going to be either of them. Like, Brett, if we're picking, right, like, they said, oh, Brett is Italian. I was like, oh, okay, like, if one of them is of color, 
Brett's probably from South Italy. There's a lot of like African, North African mix in there. But right. it's like Max Max is a whole black grandfather. That's so interesting because especially in America, black people, if there's like a grandparent, people still consider themselves black or you know the one drop rule which right. is racist. But people have embraced it or not embraced it depending on your philosophy around race and things like that. But sure. like I just found it so interesting that Max kept saying that his mom was half black. He didn't consider himself black. It was like yeah. very interesting the way he worded it because Lisa kind of was like, you're black, right? Tell people. <laughs> and Max kind of worded it like, no, someone in my family's black, but I'm not. And I couldn't tell if it was like he himself was removed from the identity or if he didn't want to look like he was like using his identity to excuse himself. It, exactly. Even and though I he was. I had this conversation, somebody commented on my Instagram about this, and she was like, oh, they fired a black guy for saying the N-word, and I thought she was talking about somebody else on Bravo, I wasn't thinking she was talking about Max, and then she was like, you know, like, I'm, and I don't think this person listens, so I'm just gonna say it, she's like, I you know, like, I'm a light-skinned black person, and, like, he, you know, if I want to identify this way, then I can, I'm like, okay, well, that's completely different, because you are black and like we saw on the show just like you said that he did not consider himself black from what he said he did not say i'm black he said my grandpa's black and my mom's half black he never said mm -hmm. i'm biracial or anything like yeah. that he really identifies as white he's very white passing um, yeah at best i thought he was like you know you know how um you know how like in well, we're black, right? So whenever there's like a novel where like a guy is tall, dark, and handsome, it's like definitely not what I think of as tall, dark, and handsome. Right. I think Idris Elba, but they right. totally just mean dark-haired from the south. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> so like, yeah, like something out of like a Faulkner novel. He looks like <laughs> one of those characters, like one of those like tragic kind of mulatto. Um, <laughs> white passing characters from like a, a a southern gothic novel written by William Faulkner that's like kind of what Max looks like to me yeah now that I know he's black right and and my other point with her was like okay if he chooses to identify as white that is perfectly fine because for the most part he is like if you're biracial however you want to identify like that's your that's you that's your story you do what you want um I don't know what my point was, but I just, I thought, like, to say, like, oh, he's black, I mean, he just clearly, to me, I've never seen any evidence of him, like, trying to be part of the black community, other no. than, like, and the fact that he it wouldn't have taken till he got in trouble for his swears for us to know it, right? Right. Because they, they never, you know, we met Dana's mom, and Dana's mom isn't even alive, like, we got to know some of these people. I knew Charlie was Latina. I don't know why I know Charlie's Latina, but I know Charlie's Latina. Right. And like, it just never came up with Max until this situation, so. Right, exactly. Because Lisa was like, oh, why don't you talk about your diverse lifestyle? Like, ugh, okay. Uh, I can't stand this lady. Um, so then our last segment is about the Katie and Sis Sassy and Kristen friend breakup, 
we get this mm. montage of Kristen being wishy-washy with regards to Carter and like they're back together, they're not, and she's crying and then they're sleeping together and he's creeping around in the background, sucking on a hookah and whatever. Um, so Andy asked Katie first, like, you know, when Kristen was like, oh, I stuck around with you for years when Tom was fucking around on you. And Katie was like, well, I think she just said that to deflect from her situation, which is like, maybe, but it's also true. Also true. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a lie. True. I mean, your man's like the Internet had to take up for you against your man's just this year. Like right. just this year. He like dirty. Oof. He did her so dirty and even tried to defend it last week. Like, what are we talking about here? Um, I, you know, I just, I, I, I thought, hmm, I thought when Andy asked James what he thought James gave as oh a answers, <laughs> we're always going to get, which is, you know, they've abandoned that friendship before. I don't get why she's back with them, which, mm-hmm. I mean same same shit I would say um Mm -hmm. and like I mean I've been the friend who won't like keeps talking crap about the dude that she's gonna get back with like we've all been that friend I'm sure and I also have been the friend that I hear about that from and that's really annoying as well like there's no winning I guess Yeah, like, I definitely see both sides, and I also see, like, I see Kristen's point of, like, Kristen, you know, say what you will about her behavior, but it's, she's always been there for them, and it's, like, they abandoned her, if you want to call it that. I mean, everybody made kind of good points of Tom being, like, she vents more than your average person. Carter says, you know, like, you have spent hours talking to me about Carter, it gets to the point where it's exhausting. Katie said, you know, like, I would carry that emotionally with me. And then the next day I would see him and it's like nothing happened where it's kind of like she was in an abusive relationship almost. And then it's like, you have to hang out with the abuser, which has to be. Yeah. So and you do and have to make boundaries with that. It's also just um, not only is she in an abusive relationship and you have to hang out with the abuser. It's just like. I don't love him enough to see past this. So you're asking me to see the good in somebody that you only have access to because you're in love with them. So like the bad that we see from afar, you have, maybe, I'm not saying this is true, but the logic would be that you have access to this intimate goodness from a person whose badness is not intimate. It's very apparent to all of us. So Mm -hmm. you're asking us to have an intimacy with this good quality in a person that we don't have access to while you announce their badness and then are confused when we don't want to do anything with any intimate goodness that you're talking about. So it's like, yeah, like that's foul. It's a, foul thing to expect it's a foul thing to do to your friends but also any person of sound mind wouldn't do that like a person who is normal and reasonable and like in a good place wouldn't invite you to love somebody that they've made you hate that's just not reasonable behavior but it's also part of friendship knowing that that dynamic is coming 
setting a boundary if you want to set a boundary and adhering to it without fucking blowing off your friend 1000%. If it gets to the point where you feel abused or taken advantage of, I can only not get mad at Katie for like wanting that boundary to be set, but it sounded like more than them just setting a boundary. It was like yeah. vilifying their friend for not being strong enough to leave her shitty boyfriend or like right. more than anything to me, it sounds like they're mad at her for a bunch of things that they can't say they're mad at her for. So this is the thing. You like it's like when your friend is annoying generally speaking they chew too loud or they're always late to stuff stuff that you can't correct them for without seeming like a nag so it Mm -hmm. feels like they hone in on like one thing that seems like a reasonable thing to be upset about and then they get to harp on it when they just don't like fucking like her anymore that's the sense i get exactly it was i didn't love the like two-on-one of it all it's like they were just being extra about her bad relationship in my mind but like you did bring up a good point of like they weren't invested in carter as their friend the same way Kristen would have been been invested in like jackson stassi breaking up and or tom having their issues or like he just wasn't part of their group their friend yeah yeah, he was just, like, some dude who was being a dickhead, and it's like, you know, I, I didn't, and just since or like you mentioned. friend group, like, they're, sorry to cut you off, but, like, okay. there's even financial incentive, like, w- w- right. when, for me, when I saw that episode where Tom it gets crazy with Katie, I saw Tom Sandoval also trying to protect his business, right? Mm-hmm. He just, he's like rushing to get Tom to quiet down and not, it yeah. didn't feel entirely like moral, like, oh, don't talk to Katie like that. It's like, bro, you're on camera, it looks like to me. Like, there's a financial incentive for Tom and Katie to stay together. And now that Bo is on the show, there's a financial incentive for Bo and Katie, Bo and Stassi to stay together. And, you know, Kristen introduced them. So Kristen has a pre-existing investment in Bo, like you said. But there's right. no financial incentive for Carter either. Maybe if there was a financial one, they could get around it. Maybe Carter invested in Witches of WeHo. Maybe he's on the <laughs> cast, something. But, like, right. Carter didn't bring any money or friendship to the table for Katie and Stassi. Yeah, and and I I wish that they had maybe like not I mean obviously they wouldn't pull back the curtain by that like that but it's there's something else that they could have said that would have made more sense because I don't know if I just like don't remember this or not but like Sassy brings up like you know we had this conversation before two seasons ago filming and you wanted us to like help you get out of this relationship and then when cameras got up like you didn't want to have any part of it and you were defensive of him and then we gave you the chance to say it at the reunion and then you kind of doubled down on like oh you know like my love just doesn't work for you or whatever she said oh yes and um, Saucy was like, well, you made us look like we were assholes. And I don't recall thinking that about them. Not with regard to Katie and, or Carter. I mean, there um, was that time I, where, where Bo had I, his mom over and they were like screaming in the bedroom. Um, yes, there was that. But do you also remember, um, I don't remember exact scenes, but I remember the season because I remember I had just moved to LA. It was like my first summer in LA. And it was the first season or the second season that she had Carter in her life. 
and like they get into an argument at Sir. Do you remember when she was hobbling on crutches? Oh my God, yeah. Carter? <laughs> yeah. My favorite scene from Vanderpump Rules ever. But like the stories they be like, changing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was so gross. <laughs> he was so gross, and like, and I felt like we saw from that season, like. Obviously, we don't see everything about what they discuss about them bringing to the show, but it was, like, very clear that Carter was supposed to be, like, a bum kind of deadbeat boyfriend back then. Uh And it seemed like Kristen agreed and then suddenly didn't agree. And I think it was because Kristen probably got Carter being like, it's so fucked up to make me look bad on TV. Like, it's very clear to me that there was a Carter's a bum because Carter's bum storyline. And um, Kristen was still getting fucked good by Carter. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, don't call me a bum on TV no more. And because right. the dick was good, Kristen was like, sure. Right. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. I think right. that, I think that they do. I think they did look bad. They looked bad last season and they look bad this season, but they also look bad in part because of how they're handling their friend. But there was, I do recall, the general consensus that Carter was a bad boyfriend and then suddenly Kristen was defending him when halfway through the season she hadn't been. Right. Yeah, you're you're totally right. Maybe I just don't remember because Stassi and Katie are like such non-factors for me that like if they're being mean other than this season I just I don't remember I just move on <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> Katie I'm a secret Katie apologist so uh, well you know what she got three points for me this season I will say that okay well, the where cop, are they? well the cop situation where she was yeah. like hold on isn't funny how uh, question does that look right now like how good oof. does she look right now <laughs> Like, Both yo. with not getting involved with calling cops on faith and shit, and yeah. with what we just saw this season, and even still, Tom doesn't look like he understands. But like, Kate like, totally gets. You were it. acting like a real social justice warrior. Like, okay, is that a problem? Yes, I'm like, her such her social justice war justice warriordom looks really really good right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Like, I'm going to delete Jax's number from my phone right now. Like, yeah. fuck off. He can fuck off. There was off. something else. There was one more point where everybody in the cast was like, wait a second, what? But <laughs> I've always been a Katie apologist. Um, she's one of my favorite reality TV types. She got a point. She'd just be arguing wrong. Katie is never wrong on an issue. She just doesn't articulate herself well. And even with the James scenario, she wasn't wrong. It's just that she looks like a hypocrite. But it's never right for James to talk to people the way that he used to talk to people, even if Katie was picking at her, at James. So like, or like Tequila Katie, orange-haired Katie where Schwartz poured um, (laughs) over her hair. And I was just like, yeah, like, she shouldn't be rage testing, but this man has been cheating on her for years. Also, he he invited Ariana to be a groomswoman in her wedding when she had just told her fiance she didn't want that bitch in her wedding. It doesn't matter if she was wrong or not for wanting Ariana to be in her wedding. If I tell you fiance, we not putting that bitch in my wedding, we not putting that bitch in my wedding, (laughs) but what did you do? You know what I mean? Like she always, she's never wrong. She's just wrong about the way she goes about things because when I think that she's always been like a pretty girl who hasn't been as pretty as the other popular girls or something like that. And she's so easily seduced by the mean girl kind of cheerleader shit that Stassi brings to her. But Mm -hmm. like whenever she's not with Stassi, she makes decent points. Yeah. Every time. And that's a shame because we're too old to be like two faced. Like keep it Oh yeah, sure. Keep it a hundred both everywhere you go. Um she's not gonna have to worry about that anymore. Not on the show anyway. <laughs> I am so curious to see what relationships develop for Tom and Katie in the absence. Because so much of Katie's relationship with Tom is Stasi. Mm-hmm. And um you know, like, Katie's... First of all, when Jax was yelling at Charlie, Katie didn't seem on board. Um, yeah. And, like, Katie sort of seems to be, like, now that she doesn't have to work at Sir, seems to be reasonable. She was reasonable about Raquel this year. Uh, she seemed reasonable about Ariana. I think, ooh, Katie and Ariana finally being friends might be really excited. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what we're gonna get is like they're really gonna it's gonna be like a I'm I hope that like Ariana helps Katie when it comes to the shorts. Like get <laughs> get a nut, get some balls and like really Ariana set- can dress. Ariana always looks good. She's beautiful. She's so beautiful. That is such a good looking couple, her and Sandoval. They really are. And I've heard, like, Tom is, like, way hotter in person than he is on TV. Oh, I went to um, the Golden Crappies, which is, you oh, know, yeah. by one of our favorite podcasts. Um, of course. And Tom is fucking stunning. Like, Ugh. Ariana is pretty, like, really pretty. Like, And even though I don't like her, Stassi is really pretty in person. And Katie is really beautiful in person, in my opinion. But uh, I do, yeah. Ariana, Ariana is stunning, and 
Sandoval's even more attractive than Ariana. Wow. Mm, okay. His skin. His skin. His skin, girl. <laughs> the shaving his forehead is is done him well. <laughs> shaving his forehead, you know, rich um, houses in Valley Village, farm, modern farmhouse, you know, monies. Gotcha boy, looking good with them rich people in California face creams. They just look so good. <laughs> well, good for them. Oh, um, I thought, like, like you said earlier, James like was starting to make a really good point about Kristen and Saucy's breakup. Like, I of course I thought this was coming. This is not the first time, and. You know, like, then he goes left because, like, he can't help but be petty. And he was like, you know, Katie and Stassi are actually doing it. Like, they're moving to the next level in their relationship romantically. And financially, they're doing well. And it's like, you know, you're not. And that's just the reality of the situation. Like, they're just sick of you because you're a flop, basically. <laughs> Which was oh. <laughs> pretty harsh. Um, and I then mean, it was be- true. It, it was yeah. true except for... That And it sucks because we're not going to see now, but I would have loved to see if their friendships would have gotten back together now that she's dating the rich Jonah Hill lookalike. I think we'll see Kristen and Saucy, you know, become sisters in racism together. I, I think their <laughs> the friendship is not done. <laughs> um, Wow, did you get in trouble for calling the cops on a black shorty for no reason? Wow, me too. That is so crazy. We just have so much in common. How did we lose sight of this? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so then here's the one thing that I just thought was so funny. is like Andy asked Stassi about, like, wanting to end the Witches WeHo business venture, which was, you know, hindsight's a 2020, and that was a really dumb decision. Um, It's so Stupid, because people who can't get Stassi's podcast anymore and won't get her, like, one of the things, sorry to, like, cut you off, but one of the things that makes me so frustrated with the conversation about cancel culture so often, excuse me, I just burped, but um, one of the things that's, like, so frustrating about the conversation about cancel culture is that even if someone has, like, these really rough, like, humiliating week or two like you know what comes to mind is like Allison Roman and her Mm -hmm. huge kind of flame out with Christy Chrissy Teigen and you know the New York Times so she lost her column at the Times and you know she had that big embarrassing moment with Chrissy Teigen but I know so many people who bought Allison Roman's um cookbook that week because there's always a oh you cancel this person that I like, I think that that is an overreaction, and so I'm going to support them in any way I can. Stassi is so popular. Even after getting fired, she's at, what, one and a half million followers on Instagram still? That means that there's at least one and a half million people still willing to hear what she has to say about something. That means that that's at least 100,000 people who are willing to consider buying your product. So yeah. if she would have kept the wine going, she would have at least one revenue stream, even if, you know, it it didn't, like, do as well as it could have. It just seems silly to me. 
I thought that was so stupid. Like, you guys, this is what, another thing that really bothered me is, like, y'all are willing to just, like, that was fucking easy money. All you had to do was post on Instagram a couple times, like, keep it put, like, how many meetings could they possibly done? Like, you go to a meeting, you taste a couple of wine samples, and you say, oh, this is a wine that I want, slap a label on it, post a couple times on Instagram, and you probably easily got six figures off of that. Like, the fact that they would not... That they would just throw that away. It's just like, it was stupid before, but now it's even more stupid. <laughs> it's even more stupid. And what's like fucking nuts about it too is just that, like, um, you know, like, it, it, like, you would let a business venture die because you don't like, for, if anything, in America, especially in like such a capitalistic country, you know, you would think, uh, we're professional, so we can work despite it. You have to meet with her once or twice a, a week for like, what, a couple of times, and then you launch it, and then nothing else. It just seemed like dumb. It just seemed like a like a weird, bizarre kind of ceremonial, you know, cancellation of the friendship over a thing that costs you nothing to do, really. She can't have been that miserable. There was no overhead for that. You know, it's like people were just throwing money at you. And this is like, never be too comfortable. Never be too comfortable because you just blew that away. Uh, Yeah. Stupid. Um, so Andy's like, well, what about you saying that you were the Beyonce of the situation and you were ready to leave the witches of WeHo? And Stassi tries to pull like a Maya Angelou and says like, oh, if you don't think that you're the Beyonce of your own life, like what the fuck are you doing? And all the girls were like, oh yeah, that's so great. And this is how, again, how you know that she's never really going to fail because people eat shit like that up. Yeah. And to be fair, like, I kind of agree, like, it's not what she was saying initially, but it's a good, like, cover your ass kind of explanation. She was right. saying she is the Beyonce. She wasn't saying I'm Beyonce of my own life. She was like, no, in this threesome, I'm the Beyonce, because she thinks that. But, you know, the cover up is good. Yeah, you should think you're the Beyonce of your life. I'm trying to figure out if I'm the Beyonce of my life. And I'm the only one in the group. Shit. (laughs) Well, Stassi and Kristen are like Latavia and Latoya of Vanderpump Rules. So, you know. Wow! (laughs) Shots fired. Uh, Well, you know, Latoya has a little comeback on, you know, on T.I. and the family hustle or whatever. So maybe, let's, you know, there might be a comeback in store for one of these girls. Well, maybe they can get on Jersey Shore or something. I, I mean, good luck to them. Um, yeah, Andy was like, well, Jersey Shore? <laughs> <laughs> I just heard what you said. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um that was basically <laughs> it. Andy was like, you know, if if your wedding was tomorrow, which it's not gonna be, would um <laughs> would you invite Kristen? And she was like, I don't know. Um I I heard a blind item, which, you know, there is maybe like three percent of those that are actually true, but it basically was like the marriage is not going to happen anymore. It was basically just contingent upon them being on TV. But now that this person has gotten kicked off, like, uh, you know, it's it's not happening. So do you oh, think that both... That's stopped- bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do I, you think- I mean, 
I think he he has to like her more than this. Like, I feel like I feel like this is the kind of thing where it's like, you know, when if you're dating a rapper, right? Or even better, think of like basketball wives. Like, think mm-hmm. of Evelyn Lozada, where it's like she was she became a basketball wife because she was engaged to Antoine Walker and had been with him for like eight or ten years or something like that and then he lost his contract with um the Celtics I think he went to Miami I'm not sure but then he went completely broke and he like because he had spent all his money on his entourage and made some bad real estate investments or whatever and Evelyn didn't leave him as soon as he lost all his money but like within six months she Mm -hmm. had to go because her lifestyle wasn't the same and suddenly all the cheating she ignored she couldn't ignore anymore kind of thing I don't feel like Bo is gonna leave Stassi right now but suddenly in three months the racism is just gonna be too much you know (laughs) something like that I think as soon as he's able to get back to work and casting like as soon as LA opens up in a real way and he can get like a couple checks saved. He's he's gonna be looking for more rent control departments. You think so? Yes. I think no matter what, I think one Stasi bounces back, not obviously to this height, but I think she recovers and I feel like his life with even Stasi at one quarter capacity is better than his life that he has without her. Oh, that's true. That is very true. <laughs> but that's just because he's such a flop. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's not really anything to do with him. <laughs> no, he's just a scammer. That's just it. <laughs> oh, man, this was such a treat, Ray. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for letting me, like, I'm supposed to be writing. So, like, thank you for letting <laughs> me just, like, stop in my day and, like, talk shit about being a pump I'm, like, oh. stoned and having fun. You're a blast. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Ray Sani, R-A-E-S-A-N-N-I. I'm on Instagram at Rafizzle87. Don't judge me. I made the nickname up in high school. Um, <laughs> and listen to the deliberation. It's a podcast about the challenge. We definitely just had a crazy week this week. So yeah, you know. you've been through your own dramas. Yes, it was um, Vanderpump Rules kind of gave us like the example of a good firing. Um, MTV gave us the example of a bad firing, in my opinion. And so it's been uh, crazy. It's been crazy over here. But that's where you can find me. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I really had a blast. You're so much fun. And I love your voice. Oh, thank you so much. Feelings mutual. You have a great day, girl. (laughs) You too, hon. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.